following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Now the basketball season's over for us. I nearly leveled Jack Hogue on the way coming over here right at the end of your street. He was walking his two dogs. Oh, really? Crossing Wuthering Hills. I was just just tooting along, doing 30, 35 miles an hour. He just walks right in front of me with his two dogs. Did he know it was you? Nope. No. Just said to step on the brakes, and I, I didn't even know it was him until he got close, but I'm just in the car just swearing up a storm, just waving. Go ahead, go right in front of me. Don't worry. There's no crosswalk, but that's all right. You got to walk your dogs. Nice. Then I was like, oh, it's Jack. <laughs> and that's not the guy you'd want to hit because you'd be in oh, trouble. You'd be in trouble with with legal stuff. Would not be. Yeah, it wouldn't work well. Wouldn't work out well for no. me, so I'm glad I could at least let him pass and look like he cleaned up after his dogs it looked like so that's good didn't leave any presents in anybody's yards all right it is the intentional foul we've been off for what a month a couple weeks like yeah that. well we got into tournament man and yep. it just gets busy Boy, where did we go two two days each week going east over an hour yeah we went to Oak Creek Oak Creek uh, Kenosha, Bradford, then back to Kenosha, then Racine, Case, yep. and then Franklin. Franklin. Not Man. not the middle school, the the city over by Milwaukee. That was this was a particularly long stretch of play. Well, that's what games. happens when you can't get any damn home games. You know, God, it stinks. Glad I I wish like you had mentioned we were talking here before we went on. I wish we had some of our teams in the sectionals, of course, or maybe at state. That'd be a cool experience yep. for us and playing at that level, but. After those long trips, it just feels a little bit of a relief to it's be It's a long done. season, man. I mean, and we, we even cut our games back right. a little bit, but it was a long season. Long season. So, uh, girls uh, state basketball starts tomorrow uh, at the Rush Center in Green Bay. Uh, boys have their sectional semifinals. So, I think pitchers and catchers for baseball there. I mean, there are some spring sports already practicing indoors and stuff. So, um Things are going to get moving. It'll be nice to just have about a month, month and a half off or so uh, before we start the baseball and softball. Or in operation. my case, nine months. Correct. Yeah. That, that will be nice yeah. for you. And you'll be ready to go, and then a month in, you'll be ready to be done. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll uh, we'll run through what we got. Don't have a whole lot. That's why we kind of haven't done anything because there's just not been a whole lot going on. Um, but we're getting, we're getting into uh, – a busy time of the sports yes, calendar here. That that's true. March into April. Yep, that's it's a it's a fun time. Yep. It's a cool time. Um, this is my favorite time of the year with the NFL. The new league year started this afternoon. There's been a bunch of cap casualties uh, already. There's some guys that have been franchise tagged. Some guys that have signed extensions. Um, there's all kinds of trade rumors and speculations and stuff. So um, I mean, start with obviously your Bears because it sounds like. It's a little bit weird that the GM has come basically not made it a secret. Like, yeah, send us your bids. We're open for business. We we, we don't need this pick. We'll take it if nobody has anything that we want, you know, as far as a good package to get back. But, yeah, fine. We're fine trading out. I like it. I, you know, fuck the gamesmanship. 
you know, this whole, oh, you know, we're going to wait till the very last minute yep. and we're going to pretend like we might take a quarterback. Like, nah, man, just let's cut through all the bullshit. Because everything that I've read about the Bears front office and, and specifically Ryan Poles, or GM, is like he kind of wants to know where they're going to pick when free agency begins. Like he wants to know what holes I'm going to need to plug um, that I'm not going to try to plug in the draft. So I I like the strategy. This team is not uh, close to being a contender next year. I, I you know they could have one of those fluky years and make the playoffs because it's the NFL. So they could go. They could get an easy schedule, have a couple breaks, go eleven and six, and get a wild card. Doesn't mean they're a contender, right? You know they're still a couple of years away from that. So, um, you know I obviously. I haven't looked at nearly as much mock draft stuff as you have, but, you know, the most common rumor I'm seeing is Bears trading down to four with Indy in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, I think McShay, uh, they said the other day on, on TV, his latest mock, he had the Bears trading uh, with Indy at four and then I believe at seven. I can't remember who that would be. Maybe, maybe the Raiders. Yeah, it was the Raiders. They had the he had the Raiders trading up to take that kid from Florida at four. Richardson, yeah. So you know it, that that's a possibility that that the Bears might be able to make multiple trades and really um, restock the cupboard with with some draft picks that they lost over recent years. And and honestly, if that happened, I'd be fine with it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't. You know, it's I don't follow college football that closely. Obviously, we're not scouts. There's but there's nobody sitting there that I'm, like, dying for them to get. Got to have that guy. You know? So. uh, I just hope for your sake there's not a whole lot because we've seen this in the past, and there's, you know, I'm a big believer in what Brant generally uh, says, Andrew Brant, former guy in the Packers front office, where he says, generally you don't win the Super Bowl during free agency. And we've seen a lot of bad signings and a lot of money thrown around for players that, or either at the end of their careers or they're just overpaid and they underperform. Um, and for your guys' sake, just because you have the most money uh, in salary cap money available doesn't mean you need to go on a spending spree and you know throw a bunch of money at guys foolishly. You know what I mean? I, I would think it sounds like from everything that I have read and heard, this Poles guy is probably smarter than that, it's that, that he's not going to waste their capital. Well, and... You know the comment you don't win Super Bowls in free agency. Well, depends. Who depends you get. Well, it depends on what you can. What What does that mean? Like, yeah, you can't build a football team like you build a basketball team. You, we that's, you can't go out and get nine superstars and try I mean. to win a Super Bowl. No, you, you, it's about hole plugging. Yes, you know you go out and you know you need D tackle depth. You need linebacker depth. You need a, a second wide receiver. You need some guys on the line. That's what they're gonna do. You know, I've seen them linked already to um, the lineman from the the Niners, uh, McGlinchey, I think is his name. I've seen him, his name bannered around as somebody the Bears are probably looking at. And they need O-line help, (laughs) obviously. Um, You know, and I've seen some some mocks of of the Bears sliding down to that seven spot and ending up with that kid from Northwestern. The, the offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you pay one guy, you draft another, and and now all of a sudden you've got something there. So that that's kind of what I'm hoping for. Um, you know, these defensive guys, you know, specifically those two, the two guys from Georgia, the one of which is in trouble now for yeah. that 
that uh, that death in the in the racing thing accident. But you know, I was thinking about that. I because these the the sport has changed so much, and it's kind of like what we were talking about before with with some basketball stuff. We can get into that later, but. I think if you're going to take a defensive guy, you know, let's say the Bears stay at one and they because they want to take one of these defensive guys, you have to be pretty damn sure that he's going to be Watt, J.J. Watt, Aaron Donald, Strahan. Like, you got to be pretty damn sure that this guy is somebody that could win a couple of defensive player of the years, is going to be, you know, one of the two or three best guys at his position for eight years you know they can't turn into you know big daddy wilkinson you know they 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 can't be a a, a serviceable guy a guy that's around for a while or like a, like Akeem Hicks on the bears like good player when you've got him on a defense with other good players he can really shine but he's not like top top of his position you know what i'm saying like i think that that has to be a pretty much a home run for me to be cool with taking a defensive guy it, it, with just the way the league is now, right? I mean, it's all offense. Reminds me of A.J. Hawk with the Packers. Fifth pick was good. I think he might have made a couple of Pro Bowls, but you never, ever saw anything hugely flashy, and you never said he's one of the best guys in the league at his position. You drafted him to be like what Erlacher was for the Bears, like the leader of the defense but for a decade. He, right. You know, a, a perennial, perennial all-pro. Rarely ever got hurt. Yep. He was always there. He'd always make his tackles. He'd break up a couple passes, maybe pick up a fumble. But he was never a guy where it's like we need a guy to go make a play and something. Turns if he the game got around. if if he got hurt, you weren't like fuck. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, that sucks, but we can plug that hole. Right. right. So that's pretty much how that is. But you know, they are the Bears. So until they're not, until they're not, that's and right. you know, I, I as <laughs> as fans want to do whenever there's a new regime or a new general manager making the decisions, you want to trust them, right? Um, I I liked his draft last year. They got they had some good talent, um, but that was on the defensive side of the ball major majority of it. So this year it's got to be some offensive guys and and uh, you know hopefully they can, like I said, they can turn that that number one pick into some some serious stuff. And and I don't want just picks, you know, like give me a guy. Some players, guys who could contribute immediately. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you're gonna you trade the pick to the Raiders, like give me Darren Waller in the in your pick. You know, mm-hmm. give me something that I can throw in there right now that's gonna help my, my quarterback. quarterback. Right. Yep. So oh, I totally agree. Uh, that's to me that would be the same if, uh, and I don't know who. Uh, Michael would know better than I would because he's you know examined this whole thing with the with the Packers and the. And, and the Jets with the whole Rodgers thing, if it winds up coming to fruition, because that broke on Wednesday morning. And I'm I'm a little bit surprised that it went through the channels and it wasn't reported earlier that the Jets asked the Packers to talk to Rodgers because you have to have permission. Right. And up until that point, we didn't know that until – Jets brass are flying out to talk to him in California. Well, that means they already asked and they already got a yes, which means that Goody is very, very comfortable saying, yeah, we're, we're fine. 
we don't really need you anymore. You know, we want to go in a different direction, which, you know, he is the tone this offseason has been drastically different than it has been for the last 12 to 24 months where it's, you know, do you want Aaron Rodgers leading this team? Yes, we want him. He's a valuable piece. Do you want him as the future of your team? Yes, he's valuable in Green Bay. Do you want him back next year? Well, all options are on the table. What? Where did this come from? You know, it was a it was a stark contrast to his previous answers, and now kind of we're seeing why. And it's it's like I said this morning, it's just taking the temperature you just get the feeling that this blue-collar Packer fan base, your hunters and your campers and people of that nature, they might be done with this little diva stuff. It might be too above them. You know what I mean? It, it just seems like it's now a little alienating. Where before it was all good because we didn't have any of this. I'm going to go out and I'm going to kick ass and I'm going to win MVPs and we're going to take go to the NFC Championship but no further. And you didn't have any of this stuff. Now it's kind of gone the other way and this stuff is more starting to creep in. And I think that's alienating some people that are Packer fans. Just my opinion. Um, I mean, I, it doesn't matter to me if you want to live your life that way. That's fine. I It matters to me that you don't do on the field what you did this year. And that's kind of stink. Um, so I, I I read somebody in a tweet that it's said today if, if they go through with it, the Jets might not even have to give up their first-round pick. That seems a little odd to me. I didn't explore anything further what they would have. The Jets have cap problems. It seems out there that New York would want the Packers to pay most of this guaranteed money of his contract, which would then lead me to believe that Goody would say, well, what are you going to give us? You know, whether it's draft capital, whether it's players, what, you know, we're going to need something in return if we're going to screw ourselves in the salary cap for the net for the next year. Right. Um, which I said, I saw somebody else say, maybe they do that and they eat it and they get the jets pick and they don't real they're not able to really sign anybody of note uh, but they get some some really good young players. They deal with what we got as this kind of a transition year. And then in 2024, they got all that money off the books. They're going to have a load of salary cap space. And then we go. Does it, does it have to be this year's pick? Because... I think you're only if you you're only getting one first rounder for Rodgers. I okay. th- I think. Okay. Um do you does it do you want it to be this year? Cuz I think they have the 13th pick. Yep. So it's like two or three ahead of the Packers. Mm-hmm. So you'd have those two picks. Maybe you package up them to go get something else or or you get two young players or are you are you looking at this going We think Rodgers might only play one year. Mhm. We don't even know that this team's going to be any good. They're in a pretty tough division. That's what they you might have not to even do. make the playoffs. Let's just take next year's unknown pick. The best it's going to be is like eighteen, because you know they're not going thirteen and four winning the division. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. Think you so. wouldn't think. You wouldn't think. You know. I mean. I mean, the Patriots are the Patriots. The Dolphins are the Dolphins. And the Bills are good. The Bills are good. Um, and I would expect Tua to be back next year. See, but that, that you know that would lead me to say, well, I kind of want this one now, just okay. just in case of all of those, all of those things. And it's such a quarterback heavy draft now, and those guys will probably to be gone. Maybe you get an opportunity, as Gudikins likes to do, to move one of those and even increase your 
um, your draft stock even more. You know, add add some additional picks, like you said with the Bears. Yeah, we'll trade and then we'll trade again. Maybe Green Bay uses one of those two to say, well, we're gonna we're gonna load up on some other on some other picks. Who wants this one? So to me, thirteen's pretty good, um, unless you're really convinced that you're gonna get a top ten out of it and say, well, we'll wait until next year and just see what you got and take that one. Um, to me, you kind of strike while you can, and that's right now. Uh, just my opinion. So. Um, you know, a lot of people are thinking this is a done deal. It certainly doesn't seem like it. Well, I even before this came out, I've mo- most of this. I guess well, we're not really in the spring. This late winter into the spring here, I've kind of felt like the Packers were done with Rodgers. It, I've, you know, going back to all the things you said, the you know Gutekinds's comments and kind of his attitude. It just seems like they are ready for love to start. They think they can win games with him. I don't know that they think they can make the Super Bowl next year with him, but I think they think they can win games with him and down the road maybe get to a Super Bowl with him. So I do think Rodgers has played his last game in Green Bay. Whether he's on the Jets or he's home watching Jeopardy, I don't know. But I think he's played his last game in Green Bay. I really do. He is in a position of power because I'm I'm kind of looking at this and he says, well, I don't want to go to the Jets. And the Packers say, well, we're kind of going to go with Jordan Love, so who do you want to go to? And we'll talk about it. No, I kind of want to stay here. Yeah, we don't really want you to stay here. Well, I'm not retiring. So you're either going to pay me after you cut me or then all that dead cap money will still affect you or like, so there, I mean, he. Yeah, but I don't think anybody, even including him, would want to come back and have to deal with that circus. You wouldn't think so. I don't think so. Because Rogers doesn't. Rogers likes to be the center of attention, but he doesn't like to be the center of attention when he's being criticized. And I think he would spend the entire year under a microscope, constantly being picked apart, criticized for. Every fucking time he picks his nose or he doesn't <laughs> smile or he laughs. I I don't think anybody wants to deal with that mm-hmm. as much of an egomaniac as he is. I think he would just be like, you know what? I just fine. I get to play in New York. Okay. Okay. You know, or, or you know, they find a way to ship him out. What? Okay. I get to play in Vegas. Okay. Right. You know. So I, I just I just don't see him coming back, especially now that it's out there that the Packers are kind of saying by allowing these Jets people to go talk to Rodgers, they're basically telling the world we're ready for Jordan Love to be our starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Come hell or high water, that's the plan. We are not planning on Aaron being here on you know July whatever when the OTAs come. We feel that QB one is going to say Love. Which then means if you make that move, and I read this today, you're going to have to get somebody or draft somebody because you're going to need a backup. Mm-hmm. Which oh, that also could come into play in some of their resources and what they want to do. You never know, though. Somebody could be floating out there after yeah. this a round of cuts, and another veteran would be nice rather mm-hmm. than going to draft somebody. Sure, um, you know, and having a first time starter and then having a rookie backup. Well, and, and the thing with dangerous. Love, I mean, you don't know how durable he is. That's what I mean, he might, he might. Shatter into yeah. a million pieces. Never know. Never know. Um, I did watch a little bit of the uh, Combine uh, in Indianapolis last week. We got some cuts from Herbig. 
I talked to a couple people about Keanu. Apparently, he really upped his stock uh, by by performing well there. Um, not sure whether he's going to sneak into the back of the first round. Definitely a day two guy, it sounds like, as of right now. Um, uh, second round or third round, hopefully a second round guy. So really happy for him. Saw one guy, and I, oh, God, I, I wish. I think he's a tight end, maybe. Don't know his name. Don't know what team he came from. Didn't know how high he was graded. Tore his ACL doing one of the drills. Yeah, it was uh, a white dude. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember where he's from. And then he came on, and he wanted to do the bench press like two days yeah. later, and he cranked out the. He broke the record or yes, something. Yeah, yeah. Did, did the top reps for there. I'm like, great, but that's terrible. Yeah. Well, and I saw another guy running the 40, like, blow out his hamstring. Some some uh, offensive lineman. And, and that's I was talking to a buddy about that the other night. Like, I understand that, like, all of these, these um, little tests that you have to do, the 40, the shuttle run, the bench press. Vertical all that, jump. Yeah, it, it all factors in, in, like, the big ball of how good of an athlete are you. I get that. But, like, why do I care... How fast my left tackle runs in shorts and a t-shirt in a dead-ass straight line. Because he's going to be in full uniform, full pads, and a helmet on. He's never running 40 yards in a straight line. Like, if you want to do that drill, it should be like a 10-yard dash. I was just going to say, what's your burst? Yes, that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, quick to fire out. If you want a wide receiver to run a 40, I get it. But at the, but I also don't give a fuck what the wide receiver does in like some other test because you know not every test is apl- applicable to every position. Do also, Why do I care what my quarterback's vertas? They were they were uh, that Richardson kid. They were like he had like the greatest broad jump ever. It's like so. <laughs> what have you ever seen a quarterback in a game do a two footed broad jump? No. It's not, Who cares? It's not a track meet. <laughs> no. and I don't. I don't understand it's what, a, it's what such field a, events are we running here. It's such a meat market. It's so funny, and it's so funny how people just eat it up, and they're just like glued to it. Like, oh my god, see, you see this guy. And as big of a draft guy as I am, like I remember coming out of uh, one of the combines a couple of years ago when DK Metcalf. Everybody was. There's always that one yes, guy yes. that comes out of the combine where it's like freak athlete. And I think one of the, oh, I can't remember the guy who it was, but the Eagles drafted him. Mike Mamula. Yes. That's the most famous one, yeah. And everybody was day. just crazy about him, and what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Well, and that's the other thing we were talking about is, like, it's amazing these teams still fall for this shit because there's going to be a team or two that's going to overdraft a guy this year because they do every year, and it, the guy's going to be a bust. Because you ignore the 27 hey. games of tape you have over his junior and senior year, and you're watching him do these naked workouts, basically. It's like, <laughs> what? I don't understand. What do you guys do on Sunday? I thought you guys actually played the game on Sunday. I guess not. It's weird. Has any draft or has any combine freak done well in the league so far well, outside of DK Metcalf? I don't know. I mean... I don't keep track of him. Lauren would know better than me. Yeah, I feel like Khalil Mack might have been a, a, a one of those a guys. Combine guy because he he came from a tiny school, you know, like a like a Jason Pierre Paul. Well, there you, you know, go. something like that. But yeah, Lauren would be the guy to ask. That's kind of yeah. He goes to out the of my wheelhouse. Bowl and see those guys, but 
Anyway, draft is at the uh, at the end of April. I think it's the twenty seventh, the first day. That was a uh, a scheduled high school softball game between Craig and Parker, which I told oh. I told work I'm not doing it. Yeah, no, no I'm staying sorry. home on the first night of the draft. I'm I'm continually now taking that night off. Yeah, I'm, you got to do those things. That's that's my personal. It's like day. me. I'm not working next week. No, the freaking tournament's on. I don't go to work those days. There sorry. you go. Uh, what? Before we move on sure. from football, what do you think of this Lamar Jackson thing? I mean, so they so they 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 give him what is it the like a train the non exclusive franchise not, tag, okay, which basically is like it's like the NBA restricted free agency. Basically, he can go out and get an offer from any team, and the Ravens can match it. And I think if they do match it, they have to maybe give give the team that. Offered him something? I don't know. No, no, no. Or it's the other way around. It's, if, you're if, right. Yeah, if somebody offers Lamar and he takes it and the Ravens don't match, they get, like, two picks. Two first-round picks. Yeah. Which I, I saw on Twitter some somebody, i got to keep better track of this stuff, there's only been one time that that's actually happened, and it was years ago. Okay. Nobody does this. Right. So when it, when it happened, everybody make, oh, my God, now Lamar gets to go some. No team wants to give up two first-round picks to go get him. He doesn't have an agent. He's right. he's negotiating on his own. He wants a fully guaranteed deal like the Browns gave Deshaun Watson, and the Ravens don't want to do that because look where he is in his career. Look what type of player he does. Why are we going to guarantee you that kind of money when it can be gone in an instant? Well, I heard Mark Schlereth today on Cowherd say this, and it was a great line. He said, have you ever seen a, a good old running quarterback? They don't exist. Nope. You know? I, I just think the whole talk around Lamar, at least I guess at least from the media that I I watch and follow, has been really interesting. It seems like everybody's mad at the Ravens for not paying him, and you know Daniel Jones gets this oh. three year hundred million dollar extension or no it was four year four year hundred and sixty. Yep. Gino got like three year hundred and ten. Yep. And people are like, you know, oh my God, you know, you don't want, Daniel Jones gets forty million a year, but you don't want to pay Lamar, you know, forty seven million a year, and it's he like he got drafted in twenty nineteen, right? He's he's just starting to come into himself. Well, it's I just think that argument is silly because it's all about your options. Like the Giants have no other option True. at that spot, and it's only two years guaranteed for him. If it was four years guaranteed, I think everybody'd be going, Jesus, really? You're going to lock yourself into Daniel Jones for four years? Two years you can live with. Right. But I don't know. It's just the narrative around this has been very interesting. It seems like the Ravens are taking a lot of shit from people in the media. And, and part of that, I think, is because so many ex-players now are in the media and they're constantly crying about what they think somebody needs to get paid. Teams rarely win these type of PR battles, whether it's a good or bad move. I and that, I know it just it just seems a little extra, you know. And and I don't know. For a while there, I thought it was like you know, it's the old, it's the old. He's a black quarterback. These white owners don't want to pay a black quarterback. But it's like, hey, Seattle just gave Geno thirty million dollars off of one good year, right? And he's like thirty. He's not a kid, so I don't. You I don't necessarily to, right. buy that, yep. you know, and I mean, this is also a franchise that did work out Kaepernick when nobody wanted to. So I don't think that's the deal. I just think they're looking at it like 
you've you've got some injury history. The way you play is a dangerous way to play. It's like it's it's Derrick Rose, Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade going to the basket like with reckless abandon and getting knocked down all the time. It's Steve Young's concussions. It's Randall Cunningham blowing out his knee. Like these guys playing that way don't last and they're not going to be bent over by you because the idiots in Cleveland decided to do what they did and give Watson all that guaranteed money. Well, and to me, I'm also looking at it where it's how many playoff games have you won me and how far have we gone? Right. So, And you didn't even play this year in the playoffs. We have good regular seasons, and we have what to show for it exactly? We get into the playoffs and we lose. Well, he had the one amazing year when he won the MVP. And since then, his passing numbers have dipped a little bit. And, you know, if you're a Lamar guy, you could say, well, look at his weapons. He doesn't really have anybody to throw to. It's all fair. But at the end of the day, do you want to pay a guy $50 million guaranteed dollars to maybe play 12 games? Right? Not really. I mean, are you certain that he can play until February? I'm not. No. No. So I don't I don't think that that's I don't think it's I mean it whatever it's not fair but that's the way we are. Yeah, and I don't have anything against Lamar. No. It's not like I'm like, "Oh, I hope he fucking has to play for the minimum." I don't care. But I'm just like I get what right. I get what the Ravens are saying yep. here. It's like, "Dude, we can't. We just we can't do this. Right. We want you. We're willing to work with you, but like, we can't give you everything you want." I think it's that's... The, otherwise it's not a negotiation. Right. So all right, uh, good with the NFL? Yeah. All right, uh, to the NBA, we haven't talked Bucks in a while. Um, they had a, what, a 16-game winning streak, mm-hmm. and then they lost one, which you called, <laughs> yep. by the way, when yep. we were coming back from one of our games, uh, and now they've won a couple more uh, since then, and uh, they have the best, is it the best record in the league or just in the East? Um, is there somebody in the West that's better? E, no, they do have the best by percentage points. Yes. Okay, yes. all right. Um, forty-seven and eighteen. Yeah, I mean, first in the East, they've they've run down Boston, which is pretty incredible considering how awesome Boston has been this year. Um, so they're two and a half ahead of the Celtics, four games ahead of Philly. Those are your top three in the East. Um. But, yeah, won 18 of 19 games, um, 16 in a row until Saturday night against Philly. And really, I mean, Philly's a good team. Obviously, they have Embiid and Harden. Those guys are, are studs. Um, I didn't think the Bucks played that. I didn't think they were clicking on all cylinders. I didn't think Giannis had a great game. I know his stats look good. I didn't think he played that well. I think he had seven turnovers. Um we kind of got a throwback vintage Harden game. He was hitting his step-back threes. He was going in the lane. He was flopping. He was getting the calls. He was getting <laughs> to the free-throw line. And when you play Philadelphia, sometimes that happens. And when that happens, it's hard to beat him. So I, I, I don't, you know, they were kind of due to lose. I know, you know, the people that are pushing Philadelphia kind of are trying to make that a bigger deal than I think it was. You know, good for them for winning. But, you know, I, I don't I don't think that's anything negative looking at the Bucs. Um, beat Miami 128-99, the Suns 104-101. Uh, 
the Nets 118-104, Orlando 139-117, the Wizards 117-111, and Orlando 134-123 last night. So those are their wins since the All-Star break, and then the one three-point loss to Philly as we touched on. So um, this week they got the Nets at home Thursday, and then they go out west for a, a pretty tough road trip at Golden State Saturday night, at Sacramento Monday, and at Phoenix Tuesday. So, you know, that's that's a little bit of a gauntlet there. I you know, if they could get two out of three there, I'd be pretty damn pretty damn happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um they they signed Goran Dragic uh off of the waiver wire. He was released by the Bulls. Hasn't played yet. Hasn't played yet. Um uh, they they tried to get him last year and he and he went Remember to the that. Nets. Yep. And that did not work out well for him. So, you know, they these the Bucks and him have kind of been circling each other for the last couple years, but I don't, I don't really get the signing. Um, I mean, I guess it gives you a little bit of an insurance policy uh, at, at the guard position, but I don't know how he's getting minutes in the regular rotation because the only guy's minutes he would be getting would be Javon Carter. And he's been playing and he's been great. fairly well. He's been great. And, you know, Drogic is like 36 years old. Um, he wasn't doing much of anything on that Bulls team. He wasn't getting a lot of playing time, but he wasn't doing a lot with his playing time either. So, you know, this kind of is a little reminiscent of them getting a Baca last year. You know, it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, we don't know about Lopez. We got to have a little big guy insurance here, but we hope we don't have to play him. I think that might be what we're seeing with Drogic. You talked about Philly in the car ride, uh, either going to or back from one of our games, and you said good luck beating Giannis four times in, in, in the playoffs. Where do you stand right now on Philly and Boston? Is there anybody in the East that can do that? Is it going to stand in their way? And that kind of goes hand-in-hand with, I guess, how much talent that the team has right now and whether this is the best Bucks roster that has been assembled that can pull this off against anybody they come across in the postseason. Well, I, I think... I think Boston or Philadelphia could beat the Bucks, but I think if everybody's healthy for both teams in a seven game series, I just don't see you beating Giannis four times. Um you know, I, I think the only team right now in the league that I could see beating them four times is Phoenix. Um with Durant, Paul, and Booker. And, you know, I think it's gonna be a minor miracle for them to get to the finals, but we can get into that shortly but i you know this the east is good i mean even cleveland is a good team and they're not going to be a pushover for whoever they get in the second round um but i i just i was thinking about it watching the game saturday night and you know you take out the starting five and you basically have a second starting five on the bucks right now it's the deepest team they've ever had in my lifetime. It's certainly the I think the best team that Giannis has had around him in his career. And you say, "Oh my, how can you say that they won the title?" This team potentially is better than that team. Um I mean, when you're 
I'm a little concerned. I mean, really, if going into the playoffs as we sit right now, I think my biggest concern outside of health is whose Budenholzer are going to play. And, you know, you get into these series, and a lot of times it's matchup dictated. Some guys you don't see as much, but. You know, you've got Holiday, Middleton, Giannis, and Lopez, who you figure are going to be on the floor in crunch time. It's it's that other spot. Connaughton, you know what you're getting. But I'd kind of like to see Crowder in that spot a lot of times. But Bud loves Grayson Allen. And Grayson's a nice player, but in the playoffs, he got exposed by Boston last year defensively. They went right at him. And even the other night in the Philly game, they were going right at him. And that that's a little bit of a concern. So, you know, the rotations are going to be interesting. You know, Middleton still hasn't started. And they talked about it on Saturday night on ESPN during the game that they asked him about that, and he said he's not ready to play more than 25 minutes. And he's been back for a couple weeks, you know, three, four weeks now. So... There's only, I think the Bucks only have 17 or 18 games left. I would hope in the next two weeks he's in back in the starting lineup and they have some semblance of the rotation that they're going to have. Um, and, and guys can kind of settle into roles a little bit because, you know, you talk about Drogic. We haven't seen Wes Matthews in a long time. And, you know, you, you, you gave a bunch of picks up for Crowder. And the reason why Crowder was on the market would be, was because... He was pissed off that he wasn't going to get as much time in Phoenix. So you got to find him some minutes. Ingles, you got to find him some minutes. Bobby Portis, like, it's, it's, and this is where sometimes you can have too much depth. I'm watching a lot of these games, and sometimes the Bucks' offense gets a little bogged down in the fourth quarter, and I'm like, dude, put Portis in. But, I, but they're scared of his defense, and if you put Portis in, you have to take Giannis or Lopez off the floor. Mm-hmm. And Lopez has been so amazing this year. You can't really take him off the floor. So just something to keep your eye on when we head into the playoffs. You know, um, Philadelphia did a nice job when they had kind of a funky smaller lineup in. That gave the Bucks some problems the other night. When Boston has beat the Bucks, they've had some small lineups. And they have a potential this year where they can go Brown, Tatum, Brogdon, Derek White, and maybe Robert Williams. That's four guards and a big. So, you know, the Bucks have the uh, ability to mix and match, but Bud is stubborn. And we saw that two years ago in, in their championship run when they were playing playing Brooklyn, and they were getting their ass beat in those first couple games, and he didn't want to adjust. And finally... He did, and it allowed them to to go on that run. So hopefully they they all learn something from that because I think this team really should at least make the finals. And, you know, depending on who they play, um, I think they have a great chance of winning another title. Okay. Uh, As far as around the NBA, saw on my way, I don't know what I was doing, or maybe I was just putzing around at home, but I saw that John Morant isn't going to be penalized or anything for his 
well, his, he's, his live clip for he's flashing He's suspended. His gun. He's just not getting arrested. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's no legal ramifications, it sounds. But he's away from the team for an uncertain amount of time. Well, he's not out of the woods yet as far as the league goes. Um, and, you know, if... For, no. if, if you haven't paid attention, he basically he he got he did an Instagram live in a strip club and he was flashing a gun. And this is a couple weeks after there was an incident against when they played Indiana that there was some Indiana staff members that got into a verbal altercation with somebody in Jaws group. And then as all those people got into a car, there was a red laser dot going around and they don't know was it a laser pointer was it a gun nobody knows but it's in the league's mind you you're you're hanging out with some people that you probably shouldn't be ja so if you have a weapon on games. team premises and that includes a plane 50 games so he's not out of the woods yet and it's a shame because he, you know, he's one of the most exciting guys in the league. Um, that team is um, has really has been really good the last two years, and I don't know if they're a championship contender, but they're a problem. You don't want to see them. And um, you know, there ain't any American guys at the top of the league right now. It's all foreign guys: Embiid, Giannis, Jokic, and Luca. So you know, Tatum and Ja and some of these. Younger guys are kind of the next generation of American players, and this is not a good look for him. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to fall into that Allen Iverson range where you know you're you're costing yourself money and opportunity um, because you just can't get it together off the court. And he comes from, by all accounts, a good family background. You know, two parent home, went to private school, but. As soon as He's you get in, some money and people start hanging and attaching on to you. And you're in Memphis. You know, Memphis is a little different culture down there, and, and it's there's a history of a lot of violence and gun violence. And, you know, it's, you know, he's 23. I mean, he's a you, kid. you get sucked into yeah. shit when you're young that you shouldn't. And I, I, you know, I hope nobody condemns him forever, but you got to make some changes. Uh, what's happening with the MVP? controversy so apparently the other day i don't know if he tweeted it or he said it but kendrick perkins made some comment about how there's so there's more white voters than black voters i'm paraphrasing this by the way this isn't a quote there's more white voters than black voters and that's why a guy like Jokic can win possibly his third MVP, and that's why he said something about, like, the only time an MVP is not one of, like, the two or three leading scorers in the league is when he's white, and he pointed to, like, I think Dirk and Nash. Um, and J.J. Redick the other day on first take lit him up, called him out, and Perkins was not ready for it and was not happy. No, he was not. And that got that got I, it watched, got a little ugly. I watched that clip. Yeah, and you know JJ Redick, he, and he he called out Perkins, and he kind of called out ESPN too for for pushing this shit, this this racial narrative in all the sports all the time. And it's like, you know, I don't love that Jokic is going to be a three time MVP along the likes of. 
Bird and Wilt and Russell. I don't love it, but it has nothing to do with his skin color. The guy's averaging a fucking triple-double, and his team's he's got the best record in the West. I mean, it's not like he, he's averaging 15-8. and eight. The guy's going to average a triple-double as a center. So, you know, if you want to go back two years to the 20, well, the pandemic year when he won his first one, Giannis should have won that one, I think. I think they gave that one to Jokic because he was kind of next because that's the way the league works. I think everybody was wanting to give it to Luka this year, but Dallas hasn't been good enough, and Jokic has been unbelievable. Um, but it's not a foregone conclusion that Jokic is going to win. If if the Bucks end up winning 62 games and have the best record in the league and Giannis averages, you know, ends up averaging 33-14-6, I, I mean... What, you're, what we're we're not going to give him the MVP because he has four less assists, you know. So it's not over yet. Jokic is definitely in the lead, but I, I I'm not a big JJ Redick guy, but I I was very happy to see him call that shit out because that gets old hearing that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't care what sport you follow. It's just like what we were talking about with the Lamar thing. It's like man, it ain't always about that. Sometimes yeah. it's just about the game. Yep, should be you know, but a lot of times it's not. All right, you were talking earlier about uh, about potential playoff matchups, and you said you were going to get into some of that. Yeah. Um, so, as I said, Bucks, Celtics, Philly in the East, one, two, three. Cleveland is the four seed. They're two games up on the surging Knicks, um, who have been hotter than a firecracker. They, yeah. they had won nine in, uh, in a row before losing last night. I'm not paying huge attention, but I saw their record, and I was going to, I was meaning to text you in the last few days. Like, are they? They're not atrocious anymore no no they're they're one of those teams and you see this a lot in the nba in in kind of this you know this range of four five six in a playoff seating they have good players they don't have a great one you know julius randall good player uh jalen brunson good player josh hart rj barrett they're good players they've they're high draft picks they're good players it's just none of them have become stars uh, but they're a dangerous team. Brooklyn's still hanging on to the sixth spot. They're two and a half up on Miami. I would be surprised if Miami doesn't catch them um, because obviously the top six are locked in. Seven through ten is the plan. So um, Atlanta, Toronto, and Washington are all um, 32, 33, 32, 34 for records. They're, they're the play-in teams right now with the Bulls two games out still chasing. Um, out West, Denver, 46 and 19 best record. The second seed in the West right now is your Sacramento Kings <laughs> at 38 and 26. Oh my God. I love it. It's awesome. They haven't made the playoffs since I think Oh five. Haven't won a playoff series since Oh four. Um, that's a long drought, man. 20 years almost. almost. That's a long, especially in a league where half the league makes the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So good for them. Uh, Memphis is is right behind them in the three spot. Phoenix, uh, a half or uh, two games behind them in the four spot. But I think they're going to climb. It's going to be interesting. They, They are two and a half behind Sacramento for the lead in their division. So if you win your division, you're guaranteed some home court. So we'll see if they can catch them. Dallas in the five seed, tied with Golden State at 34 and 32. Minnesota, 
the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Pelicans kind of jumbled up in that playing round. I mean, the Lakers and the Clippers potentially in a playoff round game, <laughs> and you've got LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. I mean, that's a big game for the NBA. I don't, neither one of them teams I don't think are that good. Right. That's a lot of star power for a playing game. Um, you know, Zion sounds like he's probably going to be done for the year again. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the Pelicans fall out. And then you've got either OKC or Portland kind of right on their heels. So that's kind of where you're sitting for standings. Um, you know, I think it's important for the Bucks to get the one. I think we've talked about that before. I don't want to see them have to play in Boston. Uh, in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. I just think there's too many bad things that can happen there, like that idiot Grant Williams last year <laughs> throwing in nine threes in the corner. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, like I said, less than about 20 games left, and um, and we're, we're out of the regular season. One last thing I want to touch on. Sure. So I thought about this last night watching the Bucks because Giannis and Drew didn't play. Yep. Um, scheduled load management, which is okay. Non-COVID but, illness, but I they, thought it yeah, was. non-COVID illness for Giannis and sore neck for Drew. Yes. But I never like when they do that on the road. And the Bucks were in Orlando, You've gone so over this. So I was thinking, watching this last night, I think if you're going to do that as an organization, that said players should have to do like. And I don't know how you'd schedule it, but you can figure it out. Like a 30-minute autograph session with all kids 12 and under. Photo ops. You and I don't need to be in that line. Right. Little kids, you, yeah, you want to go up, Yeah, maybe even an autograph. Maybe it's just a fucking selfie. You got to do something, man. And last night, Giannis was sitting on the end of the bench, and he was signing some stuff for people, which is great. But, you know, he's a rare bird that way. Most guys don't do that. But, you know, I mean, if... If the Lakers come to Portland and you're there to see LeBron and he don't want to play that night, fine. But you got to give me something for the effort. I paid money to be here. You got to give me something. So that's my solution. I like it. The union would hate it. But, oh God, but, no! They'd never go know, for that. But no. it's I. I would agree. That's 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 kind of the thing that that would help. Not limit it necessarily, but limit the damage that it would cause in the ripples and yeah. all, all that kind at of least stuff. You, at least you got a little goodwill with the people when they're walking out of there. God, imagine not finding that out until you get to the to the arena. Well, there was a story earlier in the year. Some kid came from, like, Spain to watch the oh. Miami Heat play because Jimmy Butler was his favorite player and he didn't play. But Butler made good on it. He did a bunch of stuff for the kid, which is great. But, you know. Still wants to see him play. Still wants to see him play. Yeah. Wow. All right, that's enough NBA. We got uh, college hoops going on. Badgers are in the second half as of right now. Um, and it ain't looking good. Uh, they just took a timeout. They've cut it to 17. Okay. With 11.40 left wow. in the game, and they only have 33 points. I can't wait to get on Twitter tonight. It's going to be... It's going to be bad. Um, and this, we were talking about, this is a, this would be a fitting end. It, yeah, it really would for this team. To lose to a lower-seeded, bad Ohio State team um, when you need at least probably two, maybe three victories to sit better with the NCAA Tournament uh, Selection Committee. I don't know, and I've never understood, and I guess I've never looked at it, how the NIT selection goes after that. Do they take most of the teams that, 
that aren't on the bubble? Like, what's the process for that? Do they even have the chops to make the NIT after this? Can they say no? Isn't there another tournament after the NIT that they could be maybe There's a in? CBI. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's not necessarily the fact that they're going to be done playing basketball, but if they lose this, they're not making the NCAA tournament. No, no, they're not. Um, yeah, the NIT, I believe, you, ha- you know, they send out invitations. You can turn it down. Um, well, you know, most teams don't because it gives their coaches an opportunity to get in more practice time with these guys, which is what they all want. So, um, but it is what it is. I'm still happy. It's conference tournament week. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's fun great. as hell. Like you were saying, there's, there's just games on all the time, seven different channels, yes. you know, one after the other from six o'clock till, well, now it's from like noon to midnight. It is. You know, it's uh, and I don't care great how fun. big a conference I'm watching. It doesn't matter. No Summit League, Patriot League, Big Sky. I don't care. All these teams are in do or die situations. And again, I I told you before we start recording, I would make an argument. And I I might not win it, but I would make an argument that this is more almost more fun than the NCAA tournament. Well, if if you like the if you get into the smaller schools, it certainly is because mo- yeah, there's not many. You know, at the end of the day, I mean, take your Badger fandom out of it. Like, if you're just a general college basketball fan, who cares that the Badgers don't make it? No. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And, and, like, North Carolina, if they don't make it, you're like, eh, whatever, North Carolina didn't make it. But it's way cooler when you see, you know, Furman made it for the right. last night last night for the first time in, like, 25 years. And, you know, Oral Roberts is, like, 30-3, and three and they score a million points. And that could be fun to watch in a first-round game. So, yeah, that that's definitely the fun that's, part. That's what I like about it. Um, uh, the Badgers wrapped up the regular season. Uh, they did beat Minnesota, which was barely not good. Um, but that's the way they've been playing. I don't know how they swept Iowa this year. They the, just got their number. Haw- it's just a matchup thing, you know. Hawkeyes are the five seed. If Wisconsin somehow comes back in this game against Ohio State, that's who they play tomorrow. Um, but you know, one point loss to Rutgers. They botched the ending of the Michigan game like you and I were talking about. They had Purdue on the ropes as well, and they couldn't find a way to win that That was a one. really good game. So it's like you have a lot of these games, and we were talking to Wargle, I think, last week, and he said if you take out some of these games by the margin, and I don't remember what point differential that he used, and he said you find a way to flip those games. Badgers are one of the top three teams in the Big Ten, and they're making the NCAA tournament no problem. But it's like that smallest of margins that they haven't been able to find ways to yeah. win those games this year. Yep. It's just been just been a struggle. Yeah, I mean, like we were talking before, they don't you know, that that non the decision to not follow at Michigan that leads to the Hunter Dickson Dickinson three at the end of regulation and then the loss in overtime, that's a killer. Um it, you you kind of felt like between that losing that one and then losing Purdue to Purdue, that was kind of a backbreaker, I think, for them. And they didn't play well against Minnesota. They kind of snuck out a win. And then tonight, is so far, has been bad. So, I don't know. Maybe their spirit got a little broke after that Purdue game. But um, Chucky Hepburn, honorable mention all-conference, the only Badger to get anything the first time they don't have anybody on one of the first three teams since 2000. That's, you know, that's a pretty good run of some guys. For sure. Um, Asijian made the all-freshman team. Yep. Yep. But that's, you know, okay. And going into today, I I thought 
Uh, the Badgers needed to win today and tomorrow to make it. Um, Bracketology today had them as one of the first four out. So with this loss tonight, if if that yeah. ends up being the result, you would have to believe that they would be seventeen and fourteen. Uh, I think it'd be really hard f- to see them in in the tournament. That's what I would think. Yeah, and oh. if they are, they I would think they'd be a plan. They could be on like the right. Tuesday that's, night kind. And of that's thing. what I was we were trying to talk to our traffic department, and they didn't. You know, she didn't really understand the scheduling thing. So they might play Thursday or Friday. I'm like, well, it's possible they could get a quick turnaround, but we'll know that coming in Monday morning. That's if they make it. But right, right now it doesn't appear that we would have to worry about that. No, but, uh, I'm happy for you. Uh, I don't really know any other Marquette fans. Uh, just in my close circle that that follow sports, you're probably the biggest Marquette fan uh, that I do know. But picked to finish what ninth in the Big East? Yep, something like that. Yep. And now they're the conference champions. Um, kind of a year like the Badgers had last year. Yeah, where they were picked low and had a good team and were able to win the league. You got uh, Kolick got Player of the Year and Coach of the Year by the AP. Uh, the Big East was going to come out with their own. Uh, conference ones. I don't know whether whether uh, I haven't seen that yet. David Joplin got sixth man of the year. Uh, Osui Godaro, Cam Jones, second team all conference. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Marquette basketball, but uh, I know you've raved about them, and that you, the, basically one of the things that you've said is it's a good team and it's a fun team to watch. It's a fun team to watch. They get up and down. They defend. Uh, Tyler Kolick is he's kind of like a Pistol Pete man. Like he he's not the scorer that Pistol Pete was, but some of the passes and 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 shots that he makes, and he's just one of those guys that if he's on your team, you are thrilled, and if he's not, you hate him. <laughs> he's got a little of that Travis. I, I said earlier in the year, he kind of reminded me a little of Travis Diener in that way. Like when that guy's on your squad, you know he's going to give you everything he's got, and when he's when you're playing against him, you think he's the biggest prick in the world. So. <laughs> Um, but Big East champs outright, which is cool. No tie. Um, twenty five and six, seventeen and three in the league. That's, that's impressive. impressive. Yes. When you in, and the Big East had some good teams this year. UConn, Xavier, uh, Creighton. UConn was ranked, I think, number one at one point this year, mm-hmm. and, and Xavier and Creighton were both top five. So it's a good league. Um, but the interesting thing is of their six losses. They lost by five, by three, by three, by five, by four, and by 15. So you talk about the Badgers and kind of flipping a couple of those. I mean, Marquette loses by five at Purdue. Tough place to play. They lose by three to Mississippi State in a game they should have won. They just didn't play well. They lose by three to the Badgers. Mm -hmm. They lose by five and four in a couple conference games. One was that double overtime to Providence that they should have won. I mean, the crazy thing about it, and I've said this all year, this isn't supposed to be their year. Right. They have no seniors. It's going to be next it's year. It's supposed to be next year. So they're they're a little bit ahead of schedule. Um, but last couple games, they beat Creighton 73-71, DePaul 90-84, Butler 72-56, and St. John's 96-94 in what was a pretty crazy game that they held on to win. So... Big East tournament started this afternoon. St. John's beat Butler, so Marquette now plays St. John's again tomorrow 
at 11 a.m. our time. So that'll be twice in, twice in a row for them. Yep, and uh, and I'm I'm good with that. I think they'll yeah. I think they'll handle business. And then uh, after that, they would play the winner of UConn and Providence. And either one of those games, I'm actually hoping it's Providence. Marquette does not match up with UConn. They're huge and uh, big and physical. That's not uh, that's the kind of team Marquette doesn't want to see in the tournament. So, um, you know, if they win the Big East tournament, cool. It'd be cool to double up. You know, if they don't, fine. Get a couple extra days of rest and uh, and see where you go next week. Uh, Bracketology had him as a three seed right now in the Midwest. You know, depending on on how these tournaments play out, mm-hmm. you never know. But most people I've seen have Baylor on the two line. Marquette destroyed Baylor. Right. I do remember that. So that, there's an argument for them to be a two. That turned national heads on on that score because everybody kind of went, "Whoa, yep. okay, yeah." So and Baylor's really good, and they've gotten better as the season's gone on, and and everybody, you know, the Big Twelve this year is probably the best league in the country. So I I get it. I I'm not going to kick and scream if Marquette's a three, but there's an argument to be a two. Okay, so. Um, conference tournaments already going on. Like we said, they've been going on for a while and a lot of, a lot of tickets getting punched, a lot of small schools. It's also amazing to me. We were just talking a few minutes ago. Some of these teams are so excited and so happy that they just get to go experience this. They're not even thinking that they're going to have to go face a big dog power five team and be double digit seed underdogs. They don't care. You know, they just want a shot. Yeah, they do, and you know, I'm not sure that fear factor is there anymore. Okay, I I just think that so many of these kids now they grow up on the AAU circuit, and you're running into these guys, and I I don't think there's that level of intimidation. I I think they're ready for it. I think they a lot of these little schools they embrace the opportunity of being on the big stage and playing the big dogs. Um, they got nothing to lose. If you lose by sixty, nobody cares. If you win, it's the greatest thing ever. So um, you know it's what makes the tournament fun. And you know you run down some of these these little school names. Um, it's it's pretty cool. Unfortunately, Milwaukee didn't get in. They oh. got throttled the other night in the semifinals in the Horizon tournament. But they had a really good year and and had a chance to make it. So um, always a fun couple of weeks, man. Looks like Ohio State's just trying to give this game away. Well, that's why they're three and seventeen or whatever. That's there's eight minutes left, and the guy just dribbled it right off his foot, and the Badgers uh, Badgers are down by fourteen. So, anyway, hmm. we'll see how it goes. Yep. Um, as far as so, what are they what are they saying for the for the top seeds? Right now, Alabama, UCLA, Kansas, and Houston are the one seeds. Baylor, Texas, Arizona, and Purdue are the two seeds. Now. Because I'm old, <laughs> and I've watched a shitload of these tournaments. Yep. Marquette's a three seed. I will be shocked, not shocked, but shocked, if they are not in the same half of the bracket as Texas, Ooh. which sets up mm. Shaka yes. versus Texas. Yes, And you factor in, they've already played Baylor, and they've already played Purdue. Yep. Marquette, Texas, in a in a regional semifinal, the second weekend, a two three matchup. That'd be kind of cool. Plus, you got Tyrese Hunter on Texas, kid from uh, over in Milwaukee who played last year on Iowa State. Badger fans will remember him. He's the one that torched you in the tournament. Uh, but the NCAA likes all those tentacles. You know, I remember when uh, when Crean 
was the coach for Marquette. They always tried to get that uh, Michigan State Marquette matchup because Crean was a former Izzo assistant. So they like to do that in the tournament. So hmm. I wouldn't be too surprised. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, Selection Sunday obviously happening this weekend. So. Kind of pumped to see how it goes, yep. um, and then we'll see what happens with the Badgers. We'll see what happens with Marquette, but I don't know. Is the NIT even televised? Yeah, I think ESPN might carry some games, Okay, but you, you just kind of don't notice them because they're, like, they're on the other days during the week. I'm just wondering if some Big Ten teams make, because I know they have, the NCAA has the deal with CBS and then the TNT and TBS and what is it? True TV and something else. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all they all got games over there. I'm wondering if like a Big Ten team makes uh, the NIT, whether the Big Ten Network gets some rights or whether it's all I don't think so. ESPN I think it's national or stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. all right. Um, quick spring training, quick. <laughs> I haven't. I mean, I've read the scores. Brewers have a losing record. You know, I've I've read a couple of blurbs. Burns is zero two. Uh, Churio had a good game today. They played Great Britain as a tune-up oh, for the okay. World Baseball Classic. Sure. Um, everybody's left the team to go play for their respective teams, so it's going to be kind of a roster some of the younger guys, maybe some of the veterans who aren't playing with some of their home countries for the for the Classic or the countries that aren't fielding teams or something like that. But um, Sal uh, Freilich has, has gotten into the action. Um, uh, who's hit a couple of home runs that I mentioned? Garrett Mitchell. Has Yelich got? I think he homered on his first at bat of the spring, or something like that, or maybe mm-hmm. ripped a double or something. Um, but he had a good game in that. But honestly, I haven't. You know, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to Cactus League ball. I really don't. I don't either. It, you know, it's it's no news is good news for me when it comes to that stuff. Um, as long as people aren't dropping like flies, getting hurt, and as long as somebody's not a disaster. Really, the only thing is Ashby. Ashby and Taylor, they're the only injuries, yeah. Um, But, you know, the little bit that I have followed and and talked talked about it with some people, uh, it it sounds like the Brewers, to start the year, are going to be more apt to keep up some of these guys on the big league roster that don't have any options left. So you might see Hira, uh, Tyler Naquin, a guy they got from the Reds, Um, I, I think you, there's a good chance you're going to see them on an opening day roster over a Sal Fralick, um, just because it, it, it gets back into that service time issue and you can buy yourself an extra year if you wait like a month before you bring these guys up. And, yeah, they, they know what they're doing yeah, in, that, in yeah. that respect. And, and you know, I, I, I haven't followed it, so I don't really know how he's doing. I just have a hard time seeing Hira being on the Brewers for very much longer. I, I, there's just nowhere really to play him. Um, you know, uh, I'm hopeful that Jesse Winker can come in and, and play most of the time at DH, but, you know, he's coming off a pretty serious neck neck deal, so you don't know what he's going to give you either. But, um, and then the other thing, the Brewers got six starting pitchers right now, and everything I've heard and read, it sounds like Adrian Hauser might be the odd man out. Um, mm. So we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Um, that's kind of almost does it. I mean, briefly, we can touch on our high school stuff. Um, you know, we kind of mentioned that at the outset, you know, we saw, we saw the last game for three out of the four programs. Yep. Um, didn't want, weren't able to see Parker boys. Sorry, Bredesen. Uh, we were overdoing the Craig game, uh, against Racine case. We were able to get the Parker game on the air, which was nice. Podcasts are always available at WCLO.com. Um, 
it's always tough to uh, to see the teams go out, um, especially with the girls, because there's a lot of emotions involved, more so than the boys. Um, boys but, usually wait till the locker room. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. As soon as the girls are leaving the floor, it's yep. it's it's tough. Um, you know, just kind of going through going through the programs. We saw some steps forward from the Parker girls. Coach Terrell has an idea of what he wants to do. He's excited about some of the younger kids that are coming up. We saw some freshmen get some minutes for them. Um, they're they're going to lose a couple of seniors, which logged a lot of minutes and yep. logged a lot of points. Um, but like you had said, you, you took some steps forward. You got to keep going forward. Can't go back, you know. Um, yeah, and that you know, for for that group of girls over on the on the west side of town, um, you know, that entails playing ball all summer. Yep. You know, you can't uh, you can't put the ball down now that the season's over and and pick it up next year when school starts and and expect to you know finish in the middle of the pack of the Big Eight as opposed to the bottom. You you, you got to work, and that's something that has been missing from that program the last few years we haven't seen those kids that have have put in the work year after year and and we've seen the improvement at at the uh, at right. the game level so Craig girls had 2000 point scores this year that reached that plateau uh, that's phenomenal and we get to see one of them another year next year uh, in Maya Nicholson um you know they're they're going to lose a couple of seniors they've had some juniors that uh that are going to move up and elevate and you know it's going to be their team you know, led by Maya. You know, they got a couple of others in Campbell and Videoli, and you know they're they're going to need to find some more scoring. Um, you know, both you and I kind of like the look of that Aviana Hughes girl who 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 came up late. Um, so she's going to ask to be do, doing a little bit more. But that was a tough foul going over to Bradford and getting blown out over there. Uh, but they had a couple of good, really good players too. They did. They had a really good uh, big that. Really was a problem for Craig. Just I mean, Craig, Craig struggled with size all year long. They have really the past couple years, um, and it, and it just kind of snowballed. You know, and that's the thing about tournaments. Sometimes it can happen. Um, you know, you got two teams that you think are pretty even. One of them jumps out on the other one, and the the one who's losing kind of panics, and you you start getting out of your game plan play a little too much one-on-one, take some bad shots, turn the ball over, and that's kind of what happened in that game. And, you know, it went from about a seven or eight half t- point halftime lead to all of a sudden it was 30, right. and it was pretty quick. So yep. that was a that was a tough way to see their, their season end. 120 games um, in what I would say was a pretty average Big 8. Um, nobody from the Big 8 even got out of the regionals, including Verona who was ranked in the top 10 all year, but uh, they couldn't even get out of their regional. So, um, you know, 20 and five, I think they ended up nice record. Um, And and in 20 years, nobody will remember how good the league was. So that stuff, you know, that's just kind of fodder for what we're doing now. But, um, but both, both girls teams had, had good solid seasons. I thought. Uh, Parker boys, you had talked to to, to Bredesen a little bit about, about the next year. You know, they won a handful of games. They have a leading scorer of the program. Um, they had a really good guard in Trey who, uh, as far as we know, hasn't really gotten any sniffs, Mm-mm. you know, collegiately. He's, he, he'd be able to help somebody at some level. Um, Douglas has had taken steps forward from last year, scored a little bit more points, was more comfortable with the basketball, I thought. But it just... A rebounding monster. 
Yeah, I didn't realize until Matt put it up on on Twitter the other day. He led the league in rebounding as a sophomore yep. last year, and then he led it again this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, J.J. Douglas, if you've heard the name, he's he's the star wide receiver for the Parker football team getting looked at for that. Um, still a very raw basketball player, but what an athlete and what a specimen. We saw him pull down 32 rebounds in a game this year. Um, now, granted, it's a, it's a little different than years past. There's not as many people in the paint, more long shots, yada, 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 but he still got 32 rebounds. So, um, you know, and Trey Miller, like you said, program all-time leading scorer at Parker. Um, nice player, first-team all-conference. I think J.J. was second team. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, unfortunate for them, J.J. rolled his ankle about five minutes into the tournament game, and uh, otherwise they probably would have won by by all sounds of it. And uh, who knows, they could still be playing this weekend. Right. But, um, you know, they had a nice year. We'll see what happens next year. Um, I think losing Trey is going to be a huge loss for them. He, you know, 60% or more of the, maybe even 70% of the offense went through him. So that's going to be big, big and tough to replace. And we saw Craig go out. They absolutely beat the daylights out of that Racine Case team on, on the road. Everybody was not really down surprising, threes. but then once we saw them, it wasn't as surprising. Right. But, I mean, they had an absolutely phenomenal shooting night. We went back to Franklin the next night. They kept the Sabres at bay, and you and I were both like, is this Franklin team any good? And then they started clicking with about six or seven minutes to go, and, like, they, this guy started knocking down shots. That guy started knocking down shots. They started stealing really good effort on the defensive end by Franklin, um, and Craig couldn't create its own shots. Nobody could get open and they couldn't score, they couldn't sh- hold them down long enough. Um, and the, and that was a tough way to go out, but, you know, a game that they probably could have won too. Yeah, I, I thought they, yeah, they like you said, they played probably their best game of the year uh, in the first game against Racine Case, who um, was definitely overseeded. Yep. And I think Craig was a little underseeded as well. Um, yeah, and the Franklin game was a good game. It was a physical game. Um I, I talked to some people afterward that were kind of complaining about the physicality and the lack of calls. But as I explained to those people, this is how it works when you go east in the tournament. If you're going over into that Milwaukee, Kenosha, Racine area, you better buckle up because you're going to get pushed around. You're going to get slapped. It's going to be physical, and the referees are not going to call as much as they call in the Big 8. It's just the way it goes. You kind of got to know that going in. I'm sure it was talked about in the Craig locker room by Coach Suter and Jack. They, they, they've, they're. This isn't their first rodeo, um, but Craig again. You know, nice season. Finished what sixth in the league. Yep, right in the um, middle. Right in the middle. And you know, I look at them a little bit like Marquette. I, I think next year's their year. They're going to have all but I think three kids that played back, and um, they've got they've got a little bit of talent. Coming up at the from the the sophomore JV team as well, so I think Craig's got a chance next year um, to compete for the Big Eight championship, which hasn't been done since last century, if you can believe that. Um, you know, Sun Prairie West will be good again. Um, Middleton's always a factor, and and you know LaFollette or somebody Memorial they'll they'll have some talent, but um, you know. 
I, I think next year Craig's got a shot to do some good things. And, you know, God, if if the sectional next year is as weak as this year's one, maybe they got a chance to get all the way to the right. to the Cole Center. Maybe. Uh, one area team is still alive. They play on Thursday afternoon. That game got moved up. Beloit Turner is taking on Madison Edgewood. Um, and did Edgewood right at the beginning of the year? Didn't they? They blow pounded them. They pounded Craig. P- pounded Craig. Because so. I remember watching that game and thinking, "Oh boy, Craig right. might not be very good." This I remember year. you texted me. Yeah. Texted me that you're watching on. I think YouTube. they gave up like 85 points or yep, something at something home, like that. Yeah. So Turner's got them. That game's at Craig for the sectional semis, and it's going to be at 5:30 on Thursday. So um, they moved that up because of the uh, impending snowstorm. <sighs> Can't so. get rid of this shit, but. Like I told somebody at work, hey, man, it's state tournament. It always snows. It's just the way it is. <laughs> Some things you can't change. Girls' state tournament, there's a good story from Albany uh, just down the road. One of my softball buddies, uh, his daughter plays for Albany. They're the only undefeated girls' team left in the state. I think they're in Division Four, Division Five. can't remember. Uh, but they're undefeated, and I think they only got like the I think they got the four seed up there, but they're making the trip up to the Rush Center, so so that's kind of cool. That's starting on Thursday, the girls' state tournament, um, and then the boys are uh, happening next week. So and check out the girls' D one. Uh, right, I think there's some pretty pretty good teams. Um, you got uh, Grace Krahalski from Kettle Moraine going to West Virginia. You got KK Arnold from Germantown, uh, Germantown going to UConn. So. Some good players to watch. Yep, that'll be uh, that'll be televised as well. So a lot of basketball here in the next uh, couple of weeks. So always a good time. Good to get back doing this. Yeah, uh, the, the intentional foul. Ne- next week we can do some bracket stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be good. That should be good. All right. So that is our program for uh, today. Thank you for listening, downloading. Please subscribe, and as always, please tell your friends. So we appreciate you being here. Uh, Until next time, I'm Josh. Dan. We will talk to you then. Go Bucks. Stay hot, baby.